Well, good morning, everyone. It's, uh, it's really good to, to be with you this morning. I think this is the first time I've ever preached. I've not yet preached, actually. This is the first time I've ever been to preach in, in Cairns Road Baptist Church. So it's really great to be here. And uh, it's nice to see some fairly familiar faces. So I had the privilege of uh, visiting Albania. Uh, a couple of years ago, and uh, with, with some people who are here this morning, so it's lovely to see you again. And uh, Jill was one of those people uh, who was in, uh, in Albania with. And, uh, she reminded me this morning that um, I had a terrible cold, not just a man cold. You know that kind of man thing, oh, woe is me. But I was absolutely loaded with a cold. My, I had a deep, sexy voice that I don't have today. That, that was the only one minor bonus, but, uh, but um, so we, I struggled through that, and we had, we had uh, yeah, a very rewarding time in Albania, and uh, as we're thinking about Albania, it would be good just to pray for Mackie and for his mum this morning, actually, just as we think of that, so let me lead us in a prayer, may I, for them. Father, you are the God of all those who are in need. And uh, we pray very specially this morning for Mackie's mum. Thank you for the, the success of the operation that she's had and the, for the sense of improvement that there is. And we pray that that would continue. We pray that you will give to her an amazing sense of your presence and your peace and day by day your healing strength. And we pray for Mackie this time away from his family here in the UK, and pray that you will give him also a sense of your presence and your peace, and pray that he will be able to, to leave his mum at some stage over the next few days with a sense of, uh, just with a sense of well-being and thanksgiving for recovery. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning I bring you the greetings of my colleagues uh, and the Weba team ministers on the team, uh, along with uh, Nigel Coles and with Gary Woodall, and to bring you their greetings and the greetings of our office staff, and also of, um, of the, the whole variety of Baptist churches through, throughout the, the West of England. I want to thank you for your commitment to uh, what we're seeking to do as churches in the west of England. I've already got the buzzer and I've hardly started yet. <laughs> Normally that kicks in after an hour and a quarter, so <laughs> we're starting a bit early today. And um, yeah, so thank you for your support, for, for Home Mission, for your prayerful support, and for your giving to the work of Home Mission, and for the various aspects of mission that we're seeking to engage in throughout the, the west of England. So this morning, our Bible reading comes from the New Testament part of the Bible, from the second part of the Bible, and from the book of Philippians. And uh, if, you've, uh, if you've got one of the church Bibles like this, you can find it on page 829. And we're reading from Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. In this, 
Apostle Paul, who's writing to, to these Philippian Christians. And um, he's writing from prison, so not the easiest of circumstances. And he says, he writes this, If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with his spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have, as you have always obeyed, now, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Do everything without complaining or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. Amen. So, um, in our culture today, we hear quite a bit about role models, don't we? I wonder if you're a parent or if you're a grandparent, who do you consider to be a good role model for your children or for your grandchildren? Or even who do you consider to be a good role model for yourself? So might this be who you would choose if you're the mother or the grandmother of a, of a young girl, a teenage girl, maybe pre-teenage girl, would you think of these young ladies as being a good role model for how you want your child to grow up? If you're a parent or grandparent of a son, I wonder, would you, would you regard that, that Wayne Rooney is um, a good role model for your son or for your grandson? Just the kind of person you might want 
him to model himself on. Or maybe you're thinking something, something altogether different, something maybe, maybe something more wholesome, maybe something more like this. One of the vicars from Grantchester. Maybe that's the Christian image. Maybe that's the kind of thing we would choose, the kind of person we would choose to be a role model for our children or grandchildren, or even ourselves. As I was researching this, I came across this from, from um, it's from a blog from Fernwood Primary School. It says this, at school we're always discussing what makes a good role model. Therefore, in your homework, homework this week is to write about a person that is a role model to you. You need to tell us all about your role model, explain why they are your role model, and what makes them a positive role model for you. That seems like a good piece of work, doesn't it? Seems like a very good piece of work to be giving some youngsters to do. I also came across this. Um, qualities of a role model. So uh, the, having the ability to overcome obstacles, that would be a good thing in a role model. Uh, Selflessness and acceptance of others, commitment to community, passion and ability to inspire. And that top right-hand one has lost me really there. Sorry, I can't tell what that is because of the color of the font. But something good. So there, there are five kind of good things, good qualities or characteristics of role models. I remember um, I've been in ministry now for about 30-odd years you're meant to go, oh, surely never at that point. I'll try that again. I've been in ministry now for about 30-odd years. Thank you, thank you. I'm really warming to you as a congregation. And I remember in my, early, my, my very early years in ministry, doing some work. I can't remember whether it was with a school class or with a youth group. But we were doing a thing on heroes. And I was saying to them, who's your hero? And I I had to um, come up with a hero, a kind of role model type figure. And I think the person I came up with was Tony Campolo, the Reverend Dr. Tony Campolo, who, who is a good man and has done many, many great things. And at the time, I think I chose him because he was someone who was more experienced than I am in what I, what I do. And he seemed like, you know, a really good um, role model and nothing has changed. You know, that, that's absolutely fine. The point I'm trying to make is I never for a moment considered that Jesus might be my role model. Now, that may sound daft. You may, you may think, well, obviously, that's the obvious thing if you're a Christian. But I didn't at the time. For us as Christians, for those of us as Christians, people who've been called to follow Jesus— we're called to model ourselves on him. And what this passage in Philippians chapter 2 does, is it, it kind of lays out Jesus, it sets out Jesus as the ultimate role model for us. And it highlights the characteristics of Jesus. It highlights the kind of life that Jesus did. Verse 27 of the, of the previous chapter the Apostle Paul writes, Whatever you do, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. 
Then when we come into chapter 2, he writes, Look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. This is how Jesus calls us to live. When we make Jesus our role model in life, this is the way that we will be seeking to live our lives. He goes on and says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition. In humility, consider others better than yourselves. Now, these are great things to aspire to. And I want to suggest this morning, if we are going to make the most of our lives, then we will want to model ourselves on Jesus and see these things beginning to increasingly be demonstrated in our lives. And these characteristics, they're characteristics of the upside-down kingdom of Jesus. So that's what we're called to be. But then there's another question, a question that people like me don't always deal with, the how we go about it. How do we go about this? How might we go about this? How might we go about having the same attitude as Jesus had? How might we go about living in the same way as as Jesus? In chapter 1, verse 9, the Apostle Paul has written this. He says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. So what he's saying here is, if we're going to learn to live like Jesus and we're going to learn to live in a kind of Jesus-shaped way, then the way to do that is to begin to grow in our knowledge and in our understanding of Jesus. I can't become like Jesus if I don't know what Jesus is like. Then in chapter 4, he, he writes this. He says, at the, end of the, at the end of his letter, he says this. He says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Now, I don't know how you respond to those words. If if I was being less than PC, I might say it's possible to see them as being a bit girly. Just wonder maybe as we read these this morning whether there could be some kind of divide among us. Some of us thinking, that's what I want to be like. That's the kind of way I want to live. And then others of us thinking, I mean, could you imagine, could you imagine in training this week, 
the manager of the England rugby team, getting his team together. And so they're all there and they're in a huddle and he says, okay, lads, okay. We got a bit of a kicking by Wales last week. Try not to dwell on that too much. And then he says, so this week, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Kind of, can't really say that, can you? So maybe these words are a bit more suited to to this kind of image. I remember when I was at theological college, um, I guess in lots of organizations where there are lots of people, you get kind of different tribes, don't you? You know, you get different groups, you know, with different kind of... and. There was always a kind of what seemed like seemed like a kind of super spiritual group at theological college, and they they were always organising prayer meetings and stuff. While I and my friends were continuing our pool competition down in the kind of um, social gathering area. And these people, they always seem to be, they always seem to be organizing prayer things and, and I'm thinking they were like, the, they were like the, the sixth form of spirituality kind of thing. Now, I actually pray that today, by God's grace, I've become more like them now than I was back then, but that's how it seemed back then. But when we read words like this, we get kind of think, well, that's for the really super spiritual people, not for the normal people. That's for people who might, you know, that's for people who might get into kind of spiritual disciplines and really serious stuff like Bible reading and praying and fasting. Well, that's far out, you know, and all these kind of really serious spiritual things. That's for people who, who are kind of into spiritual formation, Yep. <laughs> for people who are in spiritual formation, people who, 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 who really kind of go the second mile with trying to, you know, with really trying to develop a spiritual life and they're giving it, you know. Then, some time ago, I came across these words. The question is not whether to undertake spiritual formation. The question is, what kind of spiritual formation are we already engaged in? When I read that, I thought, oh, oh. So what this, what this person is actually saying is, and I think he's absolutely right, we are all being spiritually formed. We are all being spiritually formed. 
And spiritual formation is not just for the super spiritual. It's how we choose to allow ourselves to be formed. They're a significant thing. And so the image that maybe better suits these words is this image. And when we talk about being spiritually formed in the likeness of Jesus, we're talking about going into training to live a Jesus-shaped life. A great man who died two or three years ago now, I think Dallas Willard wrote this, spiritual formation is character formation. Everyone gets a spiritual formation. It's like education. Everyone gets an education. It's just a matter of which one you get. And so when we think again, when we think back to those words at the end of Philippians, this is a better image. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, do we have any endeavor fans among us in church this morning? Just the one, just you and me, madam. Wow. These others don't have any taste, do they? The program, the program Endeavour is based on, uh, on Morse, but it's Morse as a young man. And uh, last week's episode, if I've caught up <laughs> from recording it, last week's episode ended with the young Morse Endeavour. He, he, he thinks that some of his senior colleagues are corrupt. And he hear, he gets a phone message which alerts him to something that seems significant. And he goes to find his immediate boss, who's in a pub, surrounded by a number of other colleagues, and they seem to be having a great time eating and drinking and laughing their heads off. And he walks away. And we don't know what happened. But he will be in the situation of trying to work out how to respond. And if his colleagues are taking backhanders, which some certainly are, and if his colleagues are turning a blind eye to, to uh, drug dealing, which some of them seem to be, he will be challenged as to whether he's going to do whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is admirable and excellent. So these, not, these words are not girly words at all. They are the most challenging of words. Words that require us to be intentional about our discipleship. Not because we are the sixth form of spirituality, 
but because intentional discipleship is for regular followers of Jesus. I see my time is pretty much gone, so I'm just going to cut to the chase. So basically, when we think of intentional discipleship, there are things there are things that are going to be helpful for us. There are things that are going to help us to be positively spiritually formed and things that are unhelpful for us and they will, they will deter us in our being formed like Jesus. And to cut to the chase, the reality is to avoid the things that don't and to invest in the things that do. If we're going to learn to be like, become like Jesus, then we need, we need to, we need to connect and engage with God's word. If I don't know what Jesus is like, then I'm not going to be able to seek to live like Him. We need to find out what Jesus is like, how He wants to, us to live, and how trustworthy He is. In our prayers earlier on, forgive me, I've forgotten your name, my apology. Ruth. Ruth was, she was sharing with us about a, a tense experience, shall we say, last week. You can only trust in God in those situations if you know what God is like. Another thing we need to learn to do is to, is to be in the business of engaging with God as we share our stuff with God and we listen to what God has to say to us. I don't know about you, but I'm always better at the shopping list, and it's usually quite a brief shopping list than the whole listening to God thing. And one of the things I'm trying to do more and more now is try to listen to God and get a sense of how God wants me to live and what he wants me to be like. And then the third type thing down there, it talks about reclaiming Christian community. This is ma- they're, all, they're all massively important. But some of us, we try, we, for whatever reason, we try to, to wriggle out of the whole thing about being in real relationships with other people, being honest and accountable to and with one another. You see, there are times I have, I don't know if you're familiar with this theological expression, crappy days. There are times when I am at less than my best. And that's the time when I need good Christian friends around me. Not because they're my friends especially, but because they're Christian. To remind me of what God is like, to remind me of the promises of God, and to remind me how to seek to live. But sometimes what we do is, because of our fear of being known, we disengage or we don't engage with stuff like that. And Satan, he wins an incredible victory if he can get us to a place where we say, I don't do groups. I don't do these small meetings. I don't do any of this one-to-one vulnerability stuff. It's just not me. Not been brought up that way. 
whatever the shape of the engagement, whether it's one-to-one or one-to-two or one-to-three or in a group of eight or a group of ten or whatever it happens to be, we all need to be, we all need to be integrated within a sense of Christian community so that we can support one another, so that we can love one another, so that we can forgive one another when we get it wrong, and so that we can encourage one another when we f- sin and when we fail and when we feel terrible. And so if we're going to come to a place where we eventually we develop the attitude of Jesus and we begin to live out some of these things we were reading about, then these three things are absolutely essential. But my time is gone. And as we begin, as we begin to invest in these things, we'll find that by God's grace, as we grow in knowledge and in understanding, we'll find that by God's grace, we become more like Jesus. And as the Apostle Paul said at the end of our reading today, by God's grace we begin to shine like stars in the universe. This doesn't happen automatically. I so wish it happened automatically. I so wish there was a little drink you could take or something, you know, even a pill or even cod liver oil. I'd still, you know, it would mean it would be worth it, but it isn't. The way it comes about is by us engaging with God through his word, through prayer, and in Christian community together, where we learn to trust one another and forgive one another, and nothing is too bad that gets us bombed out the brownies. Let's pray, shall we? Father, I realize it's pretty easy to talk about this stuff. But I pray, Lord, if if there's something that you're trying to say to any one of us here today, help us not to brush it off. Help us not to ignore it. If there are things that we need to do, if there are changes to the kind of the rhythm of our lives, if there are changes to be made in how in our willingness to connect with other Christians, if we need to learn to belong rather than just attend. Um, if we're carrying hurt, pain, maybe even anger. Help us to know how to move forward, that we might release and let go of those things and find ourselves loved within the community of your people, forgiven and forgiving, and growing in our likeness likeness of you, Lord Jesus. And we pray this in your powerful name because we want to see your kingdom come more fully and your will being done more completely. We want to shine like stars in this community where we are here today, wherever we live, where we work, where we socialize. May that be so for your pleasure and for your joy. Amen.